Welcome to our podcast, Hey David, where Grandpa Rod talks about life and attitudes, hope and success. Each week, he raises a new topic for David to consider. We hope it speaks to you too. We also hope you'll invite your friends to listen and that you'll share your comments with us. Here is Rod with today's topic. Hi, I'm Rod MacArthur, David's grandpa and narrator of the Hey David podcast. Thanks for listening. I want David to have the best grandfatherly counsel I can give. It could be that you'll gain some light pointers too. Welcome. Today, I'm going to talk with David about selfish greed. Stealing is a scourge on society. It costs everyone a lot of money, and it hurts a lot of people. But what does it do to the thief? Have I got an apple of a story for you? Hey, David, it's Grandpa. Can you believe this? It's early spring, and already in King County alone, there have been at least seven attempts to steal ATM machines. That's no small undertaking. In every case, thieves used a vehicle to smash their way into buildings and attempt to steal the machine. What a mess they left behind. Broken glass, destroyed displays, mangled machines, not to mention the damage they did to the vehicles, which were likely stolen. The King County Sheriff's Office said, quote, They're in, they're out, they're doing it under the cover of darkness, and then we're left literally picking up the pieces along with our communities, end quote. It's an epidemic. What's going on in America? David, our culture has flaws. You must avoid them. This ATM escapade is an unwise step onto a slippery slope to self-destruction. But the damage is far worse than simply destroying yourself. Other people, and even the community at large, suffer. What kind of person has so little compassion or regard for another that he would steal anything from his fellow human just because he wanted it for himself. I'll talk more about that later. I wonder why the thought of ripping off somebody else is not only entertained, but is actually seen as an appropriate thing to do. Why do thieves say to themselves, I should do this? How do they justify it? I wonder why some people disrespect other people so much that they don't care about individual rights but only about what they can get for themselves. This really isn't about how our culture has degenerated to that point, even though it has. This is about having enough self-respect, work ethic, and consideration for the rights of others that one wouldn't even think of taking what isn't their own, by any means, much less through smash and grab. Doesn't the Bible ascribe part of the human downfall to the lust of the eye? Grandma and I have ventured to Maui several times. Authorities there warned, don't leave anything of value in the car. Don't let anyone see them. Why? Simple. If they don't see them, they won't know they're there and won't break into the car and take them. Ripping off non-islanders is commonplace on Maui. One reason for this kind of audacious theft 
is the uncontrolled desire to have whatever I see. There's a difference between admiring my friend's new 10G smartphone on the one hand and planning to relieve him of it when he's not looking on the other hand. The difference between seeing with admiration and seeing with greed is huge. Watch out for greed. It'll get you. Stealing from someone else is clearly easier and quicker than working for it myself. I mean, how long would it take me to earn enough money to buy the kind of vehicle that these guys boosted just to use as a ramrod? The I-want-to-get-rich-quick mentality has led many people into stupid, hurtful, and destructive decisions. As Paul said, the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. It doesn't sound glamorous, I know, but if I were you, I would set my heart on working honorably and diligently. Then you'll be able to acquire anything that you see and want. Developing and honing a top-notch work ethic will get you farther in life than any outrageous theft attempt. David, I know your stint in AmeriCorps proved your work ethic. I admire you for it. Always hold hard work and honest effort as first priority. Doing so makes you very employable. Like Paul said, quote, Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. End quote. I love how Paul looks past selfishness and greed, even beyond self-sustaining efforts, all the way to generously sharing with others. There are employers out there who crave what you got. Be proud of it. Work hard at it and enjoy the fruits of your hard work. Recall the golden rule, quote, do unto others what you would have others do unto you, end quote. It's a simple statement of respect and dignity. I can guarantee you this, the thugs who smashed the window and tried to grab the ATM would be outraged if somebody broke into their houses and took the things they valued they weren't guided by the golden rule, were they? They don't care what they do to other people. I suspect that they didn't even consider the impact of their choices, the damage and the loss they inflicted. How cold does that make them? What kind of heart do they have? Is it possible for someone who would do such a thing to even be able to love anything? He is so self-focused, so what's-in-it-for-me-focused, that he doesn't care, can't care, about other people. How sad. I call it sad because it has a cascading impact upon society. It clearly impacts the greedy thief. It also impacts the owner. And it has huge impact upon the community, even on you and me. We might look at Fred Meyer as being a large corporation which can absorb the loss. Doesn't that lose sight of the fact that people work there? People from the community own, manage, find their livelihood, and care about that store. Set aside the financial impact, which is probably covered by insurance. Think about the devastation 
Glass is shattered, displays are knocked down, and the aisles are cluttered with debris and are unsafe for shoppers. It takes time to restore the facade of the store. It takes time to rebuild the displays and to clean up the mess on the floor. These are non-productive work hours, all of which are a drain on the economy of the community, not just on the store. I mentioned the community. Every time a self-serving, greed-centered event like this occurs, there is a corresponding rise in fear. Customers become increasingly leery of what might happen, not just at the store, but if the perpetrator is still out there, of what might happen in their own home. The community feels less safe because of such selfish actions. It feels more fractured. How much consideration did the thieves give to these realities? They don't care. How sad. Here's an implication that impacts me. The price of goods. This rampage of greed costs me. Because of actions like this, including the rise in insurance because of these acts, the cost of goods must increase. Huge corporations do not absorb the cost of loss. They pass it on to us, the consumers. We might not even realize how that fellow's greed dipped into my wallet, but it did. Retailers must cover the cost of rising insurance, and they must cover the cost of loss and stolen goods. They do so by raising their prices. It has an impact on me, and I am irritated, if not angered by it. Such things should not happen to our community. We must not tolerate it. Perhaps the greatest loss is what the thief has done to himself. He put himself into legal trouble, didn't he? If he gets caught, and I hope he does, he will have a price to pay to society. But that doesn't repay the dollar damage he did to the store. All that does is cost the taxpayer more money. But I'm not talking about the taxpayers here. I'm talking about the perpetrator. Beyond the fact that he has jeopardized his future, made himself less employable, made himself a fugitive, and will always be looking for another way to steal something, beyond these facts, he has damaged his heart severely. He has eroded his moral compass to that of an animal who just goes out and takes what he wants for himself without regard. And in the process, he has and continues to deteriorate his self-respect. Knowing what is right and knowing what is fair, he sees himself as less than right and fair. How do I know that he knows it's wrong and unfair? First, he doesn't use his own car. He steals somebody else's. Why? He doesn't want to hurt his car. By the way, this also increases our insurance rates. Also, why does he do it after dark? He doesn't want to be seen doing it. Why not? He knows it's wrong, and he knows he could be identified and caught. He knows that it's wrong, but he doesn't care that it's wrong. So he can't look at himself in the mirror and say, Yeah, I done good today. Oh, he might brag about it to his buds, but in his heart, he knows he's less than honorable. David, my point is, his actions and any actions like them that are driven by greed without concern for others destroys one's self-respect. 
What a tragedy. Here is a grown man who once was a baby in his mama's arms, made in the image of God, who has broken his mama's heart and destroyed that image through selfishness and greed. What a loss. All the potential that he had to benefit society, he has used instead to deteriorate everything around him. It wasn't just a spectacular headline. It was a heartbreaking exposure of a young adult on the slippery slope to total self-annihilation. I know this for sure. That young man didn't start out stealing things as audacious as that ATM. Maybe he started by just taking something that wasn't his, a pencil, a hamburger off the school lunch plate, or a pack of cigarettes from his dad's stash. His thievery started small, like a leak in a pipe. It kept growing bigger because it wasn't addressed soon enough or adequately. A little over a month ago, Grandma and I went for a walk up and down our street, like you and your brother always do when you visit. We noticed a dampness in the asphalt that shouldn't have been there. It hadn't rained, and it was later in the day, so it couldn't be residual dew. We didn't know what it was, so we looked closer. We saw a tiny trickle of water. That was a leak in the water main. That was about five or six weeks ago. Today, when I drove up that same road, it was profusely wet. The leak had grown. More water was coming out. The damage is being done. The leak started as a small hole in the pipe, probably a rock-rubbed hole. But through constant oozing of water, the hole continues to grow larger. If this is not addressed, it will destroy the road. The thief got his start the same way. At first, it was a little bit of something to take because he wanted it. Then it became a bigger something to take, again, because he wanted it. And he got bolder and bolder. Now, because he wants the money in the ATM, he'll steal a car and ram it through the window. What probably started with a theft of a pack of gum grew to the size of a massive hole in the front of Fred Meyer and in his heart. David, I have a confession. I once stole an apple. My cousin Rocky and I walked past a grocery store in Bellingham years ago. He said, let's take an apple. They were on a sidewalk display out front. We each took one and kept on walking. I stole that apple for the same reason the thief attempted to steal the ATM. I wanted it for me. That was years ago. Maybe I was 15 years old. Most of the things I did when I was 15 have long been forgotten, but not the apple. Obviously, that theft is etched in my memory. It was wrong to take it. I knew it was wrong, but I took it anyway. It stuck in my head. Well, the memory persists, I was able to turn the corner. It's possible to conquer self-centered desires. Here's what it takes. Quote, do unto others, end quote. Be concerned about the well-being of others. Honor the value of honest work. Desire to look in the mirror with approval. But mostly be like Paul. He said, and I paraphrase, I have as my ambition 
to be pleasing to my Lord Jesus. Do these things and your life will be gratifying to you and a blessing to everyone around you. And my heart will jump for joy. I love you, David. Thanks for listening. If you've got something worth holding on to from this blurb, come back next Monday. Next week, I want to talk with David about how my salmon fishing experience can help him overcome chaos when it happens. Don't look at the waves. Look at the horizon. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Hey David. If you have thoughts, comments, or questions, please send them to rod underscore MacArthur at comcast.net. Rod will get back to you. Also, check out the church's website, www.churchofauburnwa.com. You'll discover a ton of information. You may especially enjoy the page Blurbs from Rod. Until Until next next Monday, Monday, have have a joy-filled week. week.